0: Welcome to How to Be a Human Being in the World, the podcast that showcases the strength, resilience, and humanity in all of us, and provides a space where you can embrace the messy parts of life. We've all got them, and unapologetically be more of who you really are. I'm your host, Dr. Kathleen Young. I'm a psychiatrist, certified life coach, and I'm also a human, just like you. Pull up a seat as we bear witness to the healing connection, and inspiration that comes from the stories of our lives. Welcome back to How to Be a Human Being in the World. In this episode, I want to talk about accepting people as they are, including the fact that people make mistakes. And, you know, I mean, it may seem like a strange topic, but I think it's one of the hardest things to do is to accept the humanness in the people in our lives and the fact that they're not always going to be doing it perfectly. Even though it sounds like it's easy to do and that we understand realistically that they're not perfect, I still think that underneath it all, it can be really difficult to accept when the people who are important to us make mistakes. And I've been thinking about this topic a lot because I recently watched the final two seasons of the Showtime series called The Affair. And that show, The Affair, came out several years ago. But And I started watching it when it first came out, but I stopped watching it after season three. I'm not even sure I made it through season three. Maybe I did, but I stopped watching it because I had given up on Showtime and I didn't want to pay for it anymore because there weren't really any shows anymore that I wanted to watch. And I think I was even, maybe I was living somewhere where they gave it to us for free. I don't remember, but like for some reason, you know, the return on investment just didn't seem to make sense anymore to have Showtime. And because I kind of lost interest in the show and You know, the characters in the show, uh, for those of you who have never watched it, they were so flawed and always doing like really crazy shit. I mean, I don't know how to describe it any other way. Just crazy stuff. And I think ultimately it just became too much for even me to continue watching. But I decided to pick it back up again recently because my sister-in-law insisted that the ending of the show was amazing. And that I, if I watched it to the end, I wouldn't regret it. And so, you know, she and I tend to have similar interests. And she's one of the two people I always look to for recommendations on shows to watch. So I decided to give it a try. I mean, she and I both, we share this interest in like stories about people who are flawed and kind of watching their redemption or hearing about their lives. So I decided to go for it. But to give you some background, if you haven't watched it, the show starts off with an affair. I mean, it seems it makes sense, right? Because the show is called The Affair, but it starts off with an affair, affair involving two married people. And then it follows the lives of these families, you know, these two immediate families, and then sort of the offshoots of their families over several years. And The main characters in this series were all, like I said, deeply flawed people, which is why it's probably why I initially gave up after three seasons. I just couldn't take it anymore. It was really hard to watch these people sabotage themselves repeatedly particularly the main character. He was the worst, I have to say. I really disliked him. I I ended up liking him at the end, but I really disliked him. And I just kept wanting to like reach into the TV and shake him. He was so frustrating. I mean, I just it's like sometimes you're just like seriously, like could you be that I don't know what the word is. It just was really intense for me. But I decided to you know, I decided To give him a second chance. And I basically binged, binge watched the final two seasons of the series in two weekends, like the past two weekends. And I have to say the ending was really well done. She was right about that. It was a really touching and honest look at these flawed people coming to terms with their mistakes and with all that had happened to them over the years and really being able to make peace with it. And watching that show got me thinking about my own humanness, the humanness of the people around me, our flaws as human beings, our capacity to make mistakes and forgive ourselves and forgive others. Because really that's what it means to be in long-term relationships with people, whether they're romantic or platonic. If you're going to be in long-term relationships with people, you know, sometimes they're going to mess up. And I'm not condoning affairs by any, like having extramarital affairs or infidelity by any means. But what I am saying is that it's pretty unrealistic to expect that you're never going to experience betrayal or disappointment or upset in your relationships with people. And, you know, extramarital affairs happen or just affairs. I don't, you know, I guess you don't technically have to be married, people disappoint us and betray us because they are human and we experience these kinds of disappointments and betrayals because it's part of us being human. And that's not an affair necessarily. We're not all like a victim or on the receiving end. I I don't really know how to say it of an affair, but we all experience disappointment, hurt betrayal at some point in our lives and there's really just no way to avoid it. And so the reason why I wanted to do this episode because is because, you know, we, we can't avoid that happening to us, but we do get to decide how we want to handle it when it does happen. And that is where we have control. And I don't think affairs are as cut and dry as we would like to believe they are in society. You know, it's like you had an affair, he cheated on me, she cheated on me. And so it's over. And, you know, maybe for some people it is that black and white, But for many people in relationships, especially longer term relationships, there's a lot of gray in terms of how to handle it when something like that happens. And that makes sense because there's a lot of judgment of people who may choose to forgive and stay in a marriage or in a relationship. So those people aren't able to speak openly about their decisions, which I can imagine feels very lonely and isolated for them. But because people aren't openly sharing, you know, their process of forgiveness or moving forward, I think it can be difficult in general to know what to do when that happens to you. And so most people, they like go see a therapist or something, which is perfectly fine and helpful. And I would recommend it, but I I don't think they're talking as much as openly to other people about what they have done. And I think some people may feel a lot of pressure to make a decision about their relationship that doesn't necessarily feel right for them because of what other people are telling them to do or the advice of other people who may or may not have even been through it themselves. So I thought it would be good to think out loud about how to handle betrayal and hurt, how to allow for forgiveness and mistakes in our relationships, how to decide whether to keep a relationship or to move on and let it go when something happens. And my hope is that this will apply to all the relationships in your life where there has been hurt, betrayal, mistakes, disappointment, while at the same time, I also recognize that there are different considerations to make when you're thinking about what to do for different types of relationships. And the other thing is I myself sometimes struggle with this idea of what to do when you feel really hurt because there's a part of me that very much wants the people around me to be perfect and it's hard to have that tolerance in that room for the imperfections of other people. I think to some extent we all do this, right? We all want the people around us to make the right decision every time. And I think to some extent that's what we're taught, right? We're taught that mistakes are bad that it's not okay to be flawed. It's not okay to hurt people, even though sometimes that's what happens. Sometimes people hurt people. So, you know, this idea that we're taught in society or the way we are taught to think about it and believe about it in society leads to this very black and white thinking But I don't think it's always good. And I don't think it's always good for me, you know, particularly because I'm a person who's much more comfortable completely distancing myself and cutting people off when I feel hurt or threatened or vulnerable. And so to be that black and white in my thinking doesn't help me to really consider, you know, the alternatives aside from just, you know, jumping ship and cutting people off. And I can imagine that's true for some of the people listening to this today. So, I was talking to a friend the other day, and he commented that we, meaning he and I, are at an age where we've had certain friendships for 20 or 30 plus years, which is a really long time. So, I think that when you're thinking about your friendships, there are actually a lot of similarities between a marriage and a longstanding friendship, or at least some similarities in terms of the way people change and grow. They grow together, they grow apart. And the fact that there are lots of ups and downs and people make mistakes in friendships, in romantic relationships, and those similarities in thinking about how to handle it when people do mess up. So I want to, again, emphasize that when I decided to do this episode, it wasn't solely to discuss infidelity. I just happened to start thinking about this idea that we all make mistakes and sometimes they're big mistakes. In this, um, But I started thinking about it in the setting of infidelity in the show that I was watching. And even in that show, it wasn't all about infidelity, although many of the mistakes that they were making did center around the theme of infidelity, but they were very flawed people who were messing up in in other ways. So anyway, I want to talk about how we handle and accept the humanness of others and how we Handle and accept this idea that our friends and loved ones will inevitably make mistakes, and sometimes they'll make big mistakes. And you know, as I'm talking about this, it, it occurred to me that that what I'm about to say might even be helpful in reconciling some of your familial relationships. You know, the, the mistakes we feel like our family has made over the years, although that could be an episode unto itself, really. So I, we could even, so you may not even want to go there today. So when we're thinking about how to handle it, a good place to start, as is often the case, is to look inward at your relationship with yourself. How do you handle yourself and treat yourself when you make a mistake? Are you harsh and critical with yourself? Are you loving and kind? Are you understanding? How do you handle it? We don't often think about this. But if you take a step back and think about how do you talk to yourself when you mess up? you know are you loving and kind are you forgiving or are you harsh and critical and i think when you take a closer look you may find that there's some similarities in terms of how you treat yourself with how you treat others when they make a mistake and so when you're looking at this relationship with yourself and and analyzing it you may want to ask yourself is this something is the way you treat yourself when you make a mistake like what is your standard for yourself some people have very like little room for their own mistakes. So is that something you want to change? Do you want to become more accepting of yourself and your flaws and your mistakes? And I have to admit, I'm biased about this because I do a lot of self-help and I, I try to look at myself first as I'm working on myself as a way to also help other people. But I still highly recommend this as a first step working on the relationship you have with yourself is going to help you make better more sound decisions about your relationships with other people and it will also lead you to having closer more connected relationships with other people when we can acknowledge how we feel about ourselves how we feel about our strengths and our weaknesses and our flaws and our mistakes when we can acknowledge our wants and our needs and our feelings it goes a long way in learning how to identify and feel your feelings, how to deal with and tolerate the feelings you have, and how to manage them. Sometimes people don't even, are really disconnected from how they even feel, and they don't allow themselves to feel. And when you can do that, it makes it easier to bring your feelings to other people in a more measured and thoughtful way. When you can forgive yourself, it will be much easier to forgive other people. And I do believe that forgiveness is important as a really important piece of this, right? So forgiveness is the letting and, and you know, in order to like move on when somebody messes up big time or betrays you, I do believe that, that that part that forgiveness is a very important piece of this. So um, you know, forgiveness is is the I heard Oprah say this once. I think it was Oprah. It was either Oprah or Iyanla. Van Zandt, they like her, you know, so much of of what they teach is similar. And sometimes I mix it up. But I think it was Oprah who said that forgiveness is the letting go of the idea that things could have been different. So this idea that you um, have to stop arguing with the reality of what has happened and this idea that it should have been different or could have been different because it isn't. And that can be really hard to do. It is never going to be different. It was never going to be different. But once you can do that, then you can make a decision about how to move forward. But you have to acknowledge where you are first before you can move forward. And I want to be clear about forgiveness. I teach this about acceptance too. It's not the same as being okay with what happened or what someone did or condoning bad behavior or being a doormat. It's simply the accepting that this is what happened that you can't change it, and working towards letting go of your anger and your resentment about that. And, you know, I think if you can't do that immediately, like some people are good at forgiving right away. They're just very good at it. But some people aren't. And some situations don't lend themselves to that. And if you can't do it immediately, then I recommend you take whatever time you need to in order to be able to do so. Because forgiveness can be a process. I think we get very caught up in the idea that things need to be resolved right away. You know, we have to forgive right away or decide that we're going to forgive, but they don't. And you can take whatever time you need to process how you feel about what has just happened and then revisit the relationship again and decide whether it's worth salvaging, whether it's worth continuing on as it is, and make a decision. And I, you know, I really recommend this. I recommend that you are far enough along in the forgiveness Process, which by the way, can happen quickly. It can happen right away, depending on the person and what has happened. It doesn't have to be drawn out, but sometimes people need more time. And so, you know, I think you take whatever time you need, and then I recommend being well into the process before deciding what you want to do with the relationship. Because sometimes your immediate desire is to just cut them off, move on, and never speak to them again. But you may have a different perspective about what you want to do with the relationship, depending on where you are in the forgiveness process. And you can come back and revisit what you want to do if you're just not ready to make a decision right away. So once you've gotten to through the forgiveness stage, how do you decide whether you can salvage the relationship? You know, I think how do you think about how you want that person if you want them to remain in your life, where do they fit in your life, to what extent do you want the relationship to be the same or different? You know, just because you hold on to a friendship or a relationship doesn't mean things have to be exactly the same as they were. Like sometimes it may be too difficult for things to remain the same and you may not want them to, you know, it's like sometimes, you know, when something happens, it changes us forever. And that doesn't mean that you haven't gotten over it or you haven't forgiven, but it it just may really not make sense. For that person to remain in your life in the same way. And so we can keep the friendship, but just have less of it. I I read that somewhere and I thought that was a very interesting way to think about it. It's like you could still have that person in your life, but just less of them and maybe not be as close. Maybe see them less often. Maybe, you know, just have them in your life in a different way. So when you're thinking about this, some things you may want to assess is whether or not the person is remorseful. Are they remorseful for what they've done? You know, have they owned up to it? Have they taken responsibility for it? You know, not just like, "Hey, I'm sorry and move on, let's move on." You know I hate when people do that. They think they say that saying "I'm sorry means it's over, and everybody should just move on right away, and sometimes you're not ready to move on right away. And you know, if they're really sorry, they should be able to tolerate that, or at least willing to try to tolerate it. So are they remorseful and have they taken responsibility, not blamed something else or some other external situation, but really owned what they have done? That's the first thing. And the second thing is, can you let it go? (laughs) You know, it's not fair to punish people endlessly for their mistakes. If you're going to forgive them and remain in a relationship, you really have to be willing to let it go. And maybe you can't. But I think before you decide that you can't, it's sometimes worth considering the possibility that you can let it go. It doesn't have to be that black and white, that it doesn't have to mean something if you forgive someone or you decide to stay with your spouse, even though he or she cheated on you, and really explore what that would mean. But if you decide you can't get over it, I think it's good to get clearer about your reasons for not wanting to let it go and not wanting to remain in relationship with that person and make sure that you like your reasons for this inability to forgive and move on. And I want to add to this, you know, that that it's important and I say this a lot to insu- assume positive intent. If these are people who you love and care about and have had a good relationship if they're remorseful and want to make amends, I would assume positive intent that they care and that they mean it and that they intend to try and do better. Now, that may not be true 100%, but I do think that it reduces some of the defensiveness if you just allow yourself to believe that what they're saying is true. Once you start with that, You can move on to looking at the relationship itself. So you want to look at what just happened, whether the person is remorseful and they've taken responsibility for it, and whether you can let it go. And then you want to turn to the relationship itself and ask yourself, how important is this person in your life? You know, sometimes we're holding on to people and relationships who no longer really make sense in our lives but we just haven't moved on or we've been afraid to let them go or we felt guilty about not being friends with them anymore you know and i mean a lot of times i have friends of people i haven't talked to you know in a really long time and i'm friendly with them but i'm not as close and you know now that i'm almost 50 years old i have friends in my life who may have made sense for me when i was much younger but i you know i may have very little in common with them now or you know if i met them at this point in my life, I don't know that we would have been as close friends, but I'm still friendly with them. And sometimes that's because I love them and, and they're still fun to hang out with or we still share a bond, but sometimes not. And so someone like that may be a person that I would be willing to say goodbye to if something really major or bad and bad happened and I felt really disappointed and hurt or betrayed. So, you know, that might be the case for you, right? And then you want to ask yourself, what does this person add to my life in general? And what did they add that other people don't add to my life? You may also have enough relationships in your life that this isn't one you want to hold on to. So I think it's important to think about that. Like, what does this person add to my life? And finally, and perhaps most important, I think it's important to ask yourself, are you willing to feel this way again in your relationship with this person? because there's always a risk that something similar could happen again and they could do something similar in the future so are you willing to experience that again you know i ask people this a lot ask patients and clients this a lot not necessarily in this exact situation oftentimes it's like you know they may have entered into a romantic relationship with someone and they're like they're perfect but you know, they do this thing and sometimes it really bothers me or I felt really upset about this thing. And and I always ask them, you know, it's like, you know, we can't change people, right? We can We can make requests of them. We can let them know how we feel. We can hope that they will stop doing a certain thing, but sometimes they don't. And so I always ask people, like, all things considered, you know, the good and the bad, are you willing to feel this way again if they do it again? And that's a good rule of thumb for whether or not you want to keep this relationship and move forward. And so I think that's one thing to think about when you're considering whether you want to, this person to remain in your life. And as I was writing out my notes for this episode and thinking about this, I was like, well, no, like obviously I don't want to ever experience this again. This is terrible. Why would I ever want to experience this level of hurt and pain again from someone But in reality, you know, all relationships come with this risk. And I, I get it. Like there's some people who probably will never betray you in your life, but all relationships come with this risk, even with people who don't set out to really betray us or upset us or disappoint us. And so all relationships come with this risk and they have ups and downs if they last long enough. So we're always taking this risk to some extent. So I think, you know, if the relationship is important enough to you, A lot of the time, the answer is going to be yes, that you are willing to take that risk because this person is so important in your life for all of the reasons. And so when you want to think about that, they're that important to you and make a list of all the reasons why they're that important to you. I think it can sometimes be easier to do this when we're talking about romantic relationships. But I I think that's true for all relationships to really list out, like, what is it about this particular relationship that makes this person so important to me? And is that enough for me, you know, given that this person is remorseful to take the risk? And honestly, like you may want to remain in relationship with people who even aren't that remorseful. I I don't think I could do that, but I don't know that any of these things are a hard fast rule. Like I think all of the stuff that I've brought up today in this episode is really just a guide for you to start thinking about how to approach The idea of, you know, managing when people really mess up in your life, when they make a mistake, when they mess something up, you know, the flaws that people have, because we are all flawed. So that's all I have for today. I hope it was helpful. And until next time. Are you ready to have the life you actually want instead of the life you think you should want? Or maybe you just want to start having more fun. Either way, I can help. Head on over to my website, www.drkathleenyoungcoaching. That's Kathleen with a K.com, or you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at drkathleenyoung.coaching. You can sign up for a free consultation on my website and we can talk about the life you want to create and see whether group or one-on-one life coaching is right for you. Midlife doesn't have to be a crisis. It's never too late to create the rest of your story. Thanks for listening to this episode and see you next time.